Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Ultimate Combat Sports Podcast. This will be episode number eight. Um, lot to get into today. We'll obviously get into Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley. I'm gonna have my. We'll, we'll read. I'll read off the official scorecard. I'll do my scorecard, and then we'll do one main pro and one main con for each fighter. Like you know how they did during the the fight, the mat, the boxing bout. We'll get into some. There's not really. Any boxing headlines, except there is, I'll start with this now, De La Hoya is out with COVID for the Belfort fight. Evander Holyfield has stepped in. If he pa- if he can pass, you know, the physical. If not, this will be moved to Florida and pushed back, I think, a month or so to do the bout. And De La Hoya could stay on, potentially. Triller's really been struggling to be able to put on bout, or fight cards, though, because of... Uh, COVID situation, so they're really looking to get a card out. I, if I was them, if it was Belfort De La Hoya and you have Tito and Anderson, I would put Tito Anderson as the main event for sure. Uh, way bigger names in my opinion right now. Anderson coming off a boxing win and a pro bout against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So we'll see what happens there. So we're just going to have a couple MMA headlines. Um, then we'll get into a little what's next, you know, for some fighters from last weekend's card. Uh, what's what are Jake Paul's options? I have six options that I've heard. I'll give my, you know, how likely these could happen, and then who I think he will fight next, and then we'll do. I'm gonna do an MMA rankings update. Um, so we'll get into that, and then we'll do. Um, UFC Fight Night Till Brunson, uh, predictions. Uh, I'm only doing the main and co-main because it's not really the greatest card. So we'll just get into that a little bit. Let's start off with Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley. So, 1.3 million pay-per-view buys is the rumor. That is a lot. Both guys are going to make a shit ton of money off that. That's great. I'm very happy for them. Um, so, the official scorecard was 77-75 Paul, 77-75 Woodley, and 78-74 Paul. So, one judge had it five rounds three Paul. One judge had it five rounds three Woodley. And the last judge had it six rounds to two for Paul. Um, it was good. You know, it wasn't, you know, obviously if you're, you know, if you're diehard into boxing, I'm not diehard into boxing. I love watching boxing. I've gotten into it big over the last two, three years. Um, but if you're a diehard old school boxing guy, that probably wasn't your cup of tea. Wasn't very pretty. Um, you know, I scored it 77-75 Paul. I've watched it back now three times. I watched it live as just a fan, and I was I was rooting for Woodley. Then I watched it back one time, watched it back another time as a judge. It could, you could say four four. I think just what really what really so I had it round one, two, and three to Paul. I had round four to Woodley, obviously, where you could have gave the knockdown because the ropes held him up. He was going down if the ropes aren't there. But that still wouldn't have swayed the fight. It would have so if the knockdown was given, I would have had a seventy six seventy five Paul. So he would have still won on my card by a point. I gave Woodley four and five. I gave Paul six and seven. I thought round six. So I thought Woodley let him off the hook a little bit. He did well in round four and five. And round six, he continued to let him off the hook. And I thought Paul was able to get back into the fight. Um. I thought he won round six and seven, and then I thought Woodley won the, won the last round. Uh, it was fun. Um, you know, 
I did expect somebody to get knocked out, to be honest. I think both of them were pretty conservative, though. I think Paul, you could tell he he wasn't as he wasn't really nervous early as much. Woodley was very nervous early. Once Woodley rocked Paul, though, Paul got way more nervous, and Woodley got a little more aggressive for that round and the next round. But still, I thought Woodley had chances where he could have got him out of there. I know on this on the copy the stats he only landed eleven jab. I thought his jab was very good though when he threw it, and I just think Woodley, if he did get the rematch, he could he would definitely improve because he's going to realize, damn, if I just threw more combinations, I could have probably got out got him out of there. If I would have used my jab more, I possibly could have won on the scorecards. I think he didn't he just didn't set anything up right with combinations. He was looking for the big punch, you know, a big left hook or a big right hand. If I think if he would use the jab more, and now that's what I'm saying, if he does get the rematch, those early rounds where he was nervous, that goes out the window because that's now round 9, 10, 11 for them. So I think a rematch definitely, you know, I mean, 1.3 million buys, you can't argue against that. And it was Jake's, you know, it's some people, you know, were like, okay, yeah, I think Jake won, but I mean, it was scary there for a little bit. So, I mean, there, I think there is room for a rematch now, to be honest, after seeing the buys. Um, if Woodley was more aggressive throwing combinations, I think he could have won the fight. If not, finished Jake in round four because Jake was definitely hurt. He was definitely hurt in that round four, and I thought Woodley let him off the hook a little by by showboating, you know, doing waving the right hand and stuff. It's like, dude, just go after him get him out of there. Um, so I do think there is room for another fight. Um, but one main pro and con, Jake Paul, I mean, to me, the con was I thought his pure boxing skills, he was sloppy. I thought he was really sloppy in that – that showed me a lot because, again, I do think for where he's at, his boxing skills are pretty pretty good for a guy of his level three years in. And we never really knew, though, how his boxing skills would be, though, you know, off the guys he's faced. And even Woodley, though, it's like, okay, you were a little sloppy and your boxing skills didn't look ultra impressive to me. What happens if you go against, you know, let's happen, what happens if he does get a fight with, like, Diaz or Jorge Masvidal, guys that are legit boxers, like, they can box their ass off and throw combinations. That worried me a little bit for him. Um, his pro is definitely just toughness and durability. Um, I do think Woodley helped that because he let him off the hook, but I still think Paul, you know, he was tough as shit. He's a fighter. He is a fighter. I have to respect that at this point. He is a fighter. He was very tough, very durable, so that was big. For Woodley, Khan, too inactive, just wasn't throwing enough. And I know that can be a problem with MMA guys coming over to boxing because, you know, in, in MMA, it's like you want to pick your shots right because you can be kicked, you can be kneed, you can be elbowed, you can be taken down. In boxing, judges want to see more activity and volume, you know, and I just don't think there was enough there. There wasn't enough. That is why he lost the fight, in my opinion. He let Jake off the hook, was too inactive. His pressure was great. I thought his moving forward, I thought he let Jake, really let Jake off the hooks went off the hook when... He was pressuring him, getting him into the corner, getting him against the ropes, and just wasn't throwing. I thought his jab was great when he threw it. The jab looked good. Like, it was it was right down the middle. Real good jab. Like, he looked like he had a good jab, and he didn't use it enough, though. But that was the pro, the pressure and the jab. That looked good, and I think if he gets a rematch, he's going to be able to still do that. But knowing I got to throw more volume and stuff and, you know, throw more combinations and not just headhunt. So, I mean, you know, I liked it. I thought it was a very fun watch. Um you know, again, we'll, we'll get into what's next here in a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. During the fight, when I was watching as a fan, I thought it was 4-4. After re-watching it, 
I see you have to watch it as a judge of boxing. You know, even as a ju- I'm obviously a way bigger MMA fan than boxing. I can't watch it as an MMA judge. You have to watch it as a boxing judge. That what they want to see. You know, you want to see volume. You want to see activity. You want to see that stuff. I just thought Woodley was so inactive in so many rounds that I couldn't give him the round. Like I thought, you know, maybe he landed the bigger punch in the round, but Jake landed more. And that if you don't hurt him bad enough with that big punch, like he did hit Jake with a couple straight right hands and a couple big shots, but like it was so small, it was a small sample size that Jake was throwing combinations, landing jabs, hooks, you know, and stuff like that. So I thought Paul, yeah, Jake won that round because you have to go off of a boxing, you have to be a boxing judge there. And, uh, you know, like I said, rounds one, two, and three, Woodley did not throw a lot at all. He threw six punches in the first round. That's why I said if he does get the rematch, those first three rounds could be a lot different to where, man, he maybe he wins two of three of those rounds. He would have won on the scorecards. You know, or if he wins one of the rounds, he gets a draw. So, you know, I think Woodley has a lot to work on, and I think he can definitely improve. Like, I think he – and he's going to watch the tape and realize, damn, I let him off the hook for sure. Like, I really let him off the hook in this fight. Um, Jake, I think he's got to, you know, I didn't really think he had fatigue issues in my opinion. Like there was some rounds that round five, he didn't look very good, but that was after also the round after he got rocked. And I think he was just playing it safe. Like, let me just play this round safe and let me take off this round. And then he looked round six. He looked good. Like it was a that was a big round of the fight. Round six was massive. If Woodley comes out aggressive again and is pressuring and hitting him with shots, I think Woodley can either finish him or he's going to take the decision because maybe he wins the last three rounds and he wins five straight rounds. But he let him off the hook. He didn't He didn't do enough. And Jake was able to get off in round six and kind of turn the tide. Jake looked good in round seven. Round eight, I thought Jake looked a little more tired and Woodley, you know, definitely put more pressure on him and did better. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was a good fight, though. I liked it. Uh, and I wouldn't have a problem with him doing it again. I know a lot of people are pushing back on that. Like, why, do, why would Jake do that at this point in his career? Like, if he wins against a guy, why would he rematch a guy? You know, and I understand that. You don't really do you know, early on in your career especially. But he's it's a different career for him than a normal, you know, prospect boxer. It's not the same thing. Like, he's getting 1.3 million buys in his fourth fight, fifth fight, counting the amateur one. So, you know, it's a little different. I think there will be a market out there for the Woodley one. I don't think it does 1.3 million again. I still think they can do anywhere from 800,000 to 1.1 million, though, in a rematch. I don't think it does bigger than 1.3 at all. I definitely don't think it does bigger. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. We'll get into what's next and the options for Jake next. So just a couple MMA headlines and discussions. Chikadze gets an impressive round three TKO win over uh, Edson Barboza. Giga looks so good. His pressure was dynamite. Uh, he's got very good bo- Do I think he's ready for... Now he's got good boxing and good kicks. So I think he's ready for Max Holloway. No. And like I said, we'll get into what's next for him, what I think he should do next. I do think he takes a massive st- – I do think he takes a step up. I don't think Max Holloway, Yair winner, is next for him though. Because let's say Yair is able to beat Max. Okay. Maybe he fights Yair if Yair loses or maybe he could fight Max if Max loses. But I don't think he fight- – and I think Holloway's going to beat Yair. I don't think Holloway's next. I really don't think that's next. Uh, Brian Battle wins the – Tough middleweight finale over uh, Gilbert Urbina via round two sub. Uh, he's very good. I I think, you know, Gore got hurt. Obviously, he was Team Ortega's guy. 
I thought he was by far the best, and I thought he would have beat Battle. That was, and I think you definitely have to have them fight once Gore's healthy. I would hope, but you know, Battle looks pretty good. Um, Ricky Tercios edges out Brady. Uh, he stands via split decision to become tough bantamweight winner. Do I think either of these guys are future champions? Not really. I didn't see a future champion on that show besides Gore. I think Gore so raw and has all the tools in the world to become an elite UFC fighter and like be in the top 10 and be competing for titles at some point. Even Battle, I'm not sure. Just he can be a little reckless at times. I'm not sure he, you know, and he can have time to develop and all these guys can. I'm wondering if Tercios is, you know, he's a little smaller. I wonder if he's a flyweight in the UFC. I don't know. We'll see. But it was a good fight. It was a great fight. I mean, I don't know what got fight of the night, but that probably should have got fight of the night. That fight was insane. Kevin Lee takes another tough loss to Daniel Rodriguez. You know, Kevin looked good in round one, was able to get him to the ground, control him. Uh, Round two, I believe, is when he got rocked pretty bad. Definitely lost that one. Round three, got a takedown, but I think he was too tired. Like, I think he gassed again uh, to hold Daniel down. Daniel was able to get up and do some good boxing. I agree with the scorecards. I thought Rodriguez did win round two and three. Tough loss for Kevin Lee. Um, UFC 268 card officially booked for November 6th at MSG for now. Um, it is this, the seven fights they announced, this card is ridiculous. So the main event of the prelims as of right now is Frank Yeager, Cheeto Vera. That is insane to be your main event of a prelim. And then the fight under that in the prelims. So basically the co-main event of the prelims, Ally Aquinta, Bobby Green. That fight is going to be phenomenal. They're going to scrap. It's going to be a great fight. Opening bout of the pay-per-view is a women's bantamweight bout between Jermaine Durandamy and Irene Aldana. Great scrap there. Um, here we can look at some... We'll, we'll check the rankings real fast on that. I have Durandamy at three and Aldana at... Wait, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I have Aldana at eight, Durandamy at three. Um... And like I said, we'll do a deep dive into the rankings. For the Bantamweight fight, I have Edgar at 10. I don't have Cheeto Vera ranked. That division is so stacked. And again, my rankings are not just UFC combined through all organizations. And I don't like put champions out of the rankings. I will put them actually in the rankings. Um, Who was the other one? And then a lightweight bout. Neither guy's ranked, but that is a great fight between Aya Quinta and Bobby Green. I'm so pumped for that one. Um, Sean Strickland. Versus Luke Rockhold. Rockhold finally come back. I have Strickland ranked nine right now in my uh, in my rankings. Um, he's been on a he's been on an absolute tear, and I think that's a tough fight for Rockhold to come back to. I also think it's a winnable fight for Rockhold. Uh, this fight, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. I've been looking forward to this. I have Gaethje ranked three, Chandler ranked four. Um, that is going to just be bonkers. Somebody's probably going to sleep in that one. The co-main event is a rematch for the women's strawweight title between Rose Namajunas and Zhang Wei Li. Where do I have? A... Obviously, Rose won. I still have Wei Li Zhang too. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't put Yoana over, even though I thought Yoana beat Wei Li. Asparza, I thought was going to be next. I don't know what happened with that, but yeah, I mean, I love that rematch. And then obviously the main event. Uh, I believe my number one, and, yeah, my number one and two welterweights in the world: Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. Two cannot wait for that one. And UFC 269 on December 11th in Vegas will be the pay-per-view that will close the year. Three title fights rumored. I believe two are almost done, and they're still working on one of them. Also on the card, 
So this is just the four fights that were on there for now, but they're going to obviously stack this one too. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's flyweight debut against Kai Kara France. Um, where do I have Kara France ranked? I have him ranked eight, so a very tough fight for Cody to come into. Then the title fight that hasn't been, isn't really close to official, but they think it will be, is Brandon Moreno defending his title against Alexander Pantoja. I have Moreno obviously ranked one at flyweight. I have it Pantoja at five. That's an outstanding fight. And then the co-main event, finally, women's bantamweight bout. Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena. I also have Nunez ranked one, of course. Pena ranked five. Um, great fight. Main event, you know, my one and two lightweights in the world. Dustin Poirier at one. Charles Oliveira at two for the lightweight title. That's expected to be the main event. Um, that's a great card as well. I love uh, UFC's putting on those last two cards are going to be sick. And we've got a couple sick ones coming up. 266. 267's free, and it is loaded. Um, we can actually... While we're here, we might as well just go ahead and uh, let's just take a look at those cards real fast. Um, get on to Google real fast. UFC 266. Uh, that card is sick as well, I believe. Two title fights, three five-rounders. So the main, yeah, I mean, I mean, good God. On the on the undercard, the prelim card in ESPN, the three fights. Heavyweight bout, Shamil Abdurmakov against Chris Dawkins. I know I just pronounced Abdur. Kimov, Kimonov, Abdur Kimov. I think is how you pronounce. I, you know, I'm probably butchering. It's fine though. That's a that's a scrap. Lightweight bout. Dan Hooker's back against uh, Nasarat Hakparast. I believe is how you say it. Um, let's go to his mixed martial arts record. He is a uh, 13 and three. Um, he's won his last two. Uh, he so he lost his first fight in the UFC in 2017 against Marcin Held. He then, two fights in 2018, beat Diakesi and Tibala Gotti. And then in 2019, he beat Joachim, or Joachim Silva, lost to Drew Dober in 2020, then beat Alexander Munoz and Ryan Garcia, or Rafa Garcia, my fault. Um, his last fight was in March. Obviously, Hooker coming off a couple losses, but that's an outstanding fight. Then you get Marlon Moraes, Marab Divashelvi. Again, I'm going to mispronounce this. Marab's a beast, though. I know who Marab is. I know who all these guys are. It's just the name sometimes, okay? Chill out. Um, I think Marab's going to beat Marais, in my opinion. That's an early prediction, but I love that fight for Marab. The way Marlon's just declining right now. And then a stacked main card to kick it off. Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo. Big-time women's flyweight fight. Heavyweight bout. Curtis Blades, Jarzinho, Rosenstruck. Big fight for Blades. He need, it's a must-win for Blades, in my opinion. Could be rough for him. I could see a cut if he gets a loss here. Um, just because, you know, like, maybe not a cut, but, damn, that's another bad loss if he's losing this one. He just lost to Derek Lewis. He needs this one. Uh, and then the, a five-round welterweight bout between Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Give me some of that. Women's flyweight title bout, Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy. Obviously, that one's going to be pretty one-sided. Um... But still, love watching Shevchenko fight. And then the main event, Volkanovski Ortega, coaches from the Ultimate Fighter. Big Brian Ortega guy. I love that fight. And then 267, it is free. It is going to be free in America or just all over, I believe. Okay, so this event will be featured as a non- Pay-per-view numbered event in the United States for the first time since UFC 138 in 2011. Great card. Great card. 
Uh, Makwan Americani is back at featherweight. Uh, Ricardo Ramos against uh, Zubaira uh, Tukanov. Amanda Ribas versus uh, Verna Jandaroba. Uh, Li Jane Lang versus Hazmat Shemaev. Volkov Tibera. Magomed Ankalaev, Ozdemir, Sterling, Jan, Glover, Jan, or and Jan Blahovich for the title. Two title fights there. God, that's stacked. So those are the uh, next. These are those are the last. Obviously, card could change. COVID and stuff, injuries, but God, these cards right now. These last four pay per views are going to be insane. Well, technically only three pay per views. The four, the second one, two six seven, free in America. Those cards are going to be ridiculous, though. So let's go into a little what's next. Kevin Lee. I heard rumors of a possible cut. I don't think they cut him. He's already trying to set up a fight with Mike Perry, so I did put that as number one. That's a great fight for Kevin Lee, in my opinion, if he can get the Mike Perry fight. Nico Price is another one, too. That's a fun fight. Um, so I would go Mike Perry, Nico Price for Kevin Lee. Daniel Rodriguez, I would say he's not ready for the top 15 quite yet. I have J- Jeff Neal as my number one option who's coming off a couple losses. I think that's a great, fun sh- striking battle. Or they give him a top guy. I My number 15, Walter Waite, Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think that's also a fun fight. For Barboza, always fighting tough fighters. He's not going to shy away and take an easy challenge. So I would go either number 12, Josh Emmett, or number 13, Arnold Allen. I think one of those guys. I think Josh Emmett would be more of a, more of a you know favorable matchup for Barboza than Allen. And then G.J. Chikadze, again, I'm not ready to say Max Holloway. Now, a guy I didn't have on here because I don't know if he's coming back for sure. Zabit would be a great one, maybe. I'd love to see him and Zabit. But if not, I have Chan Sung Jun, the Korean zombie, or Calvin Cater. I think he is ready for that level. And I think those are very, very fun fights. What are Jake Paul's options? Okay. So let's go off of, obviously, a Woodley rematch is there. There's been talks of Chael and Bisbean. Tommy Fury's there. Anderson's there. Dylan Dennis, of course. Okay. I'm going to cut out three guys that I think will happen next. I don't think Chael or Dennis will be because I don't think there's a market for that now. Because, yeah, I understand Woodley was a wrestler, but he still had good striking and power. Chael and Dennis don't have either of those, in my opinion. I don't think Bisbean happens. I mean, God. Would it not be tough for a commission to uh, to pass that? The man literally has one eye now. Like, he literally has a fake eye. Isn't that a tough pass for a commission? So I'd say the top three definite choices. Anderson fights this, not this weekend, next. Tommy Fury or Woodley rematch. I'm going to say it's Woodley rematch is most likely to happen. Then I would say Tommy Fury. Because I think, to me, what I heard, here's what I heard. That Fury went out there and he thinks he will get the Jake Paul fight at some point. And he, and there was rumors that he didn't want to go out there and show everything. And he kind of wanted to look bad. And I thought he didn't look great against the guy he was fighting, even though he won all four rounds. Um, he, want, he wants Jake thinks to give me an easy fight. I do think the Tommy Fury fights happen at some point. Anderson Silva would be the biggest name-wise. But Anderson Silva just beat a pro boxer, and it's probably going to smoke Tito Ortiz. I don't know if Jake Paul can even touch Anderson Silva, in my opinion. 
So, you know, I think those are the options. I think Woodley Fury is probably next. Woodley or Fury would be next. Anderson, outside looking in, do you think it's the next best option after Woodley Fury? Definitely over Chell and Dennis and Bisbean. But, yeah, so we'll see what's next. I'm going to say that he does the... He does the Woodley rematch next. That's my prediction. So my MMA rankings update. I haven't done one of these yet since I started doing the top 15. So let's go to women's straw weight. I have, I'm just going to list it all. Uh, and if they have a fight booked up right now, which I haven't updated. I did the men's yesterday. I've, or I did the men's like four or five days ago. I haven't updated the women's next fight. Um, so we'll just do the men's today, and we're going to do the women's tomorrow. Brandon Moreno is my number one flyweight. Um, obviously, he's potentially going to have a fight with Pantoja. Two, I have Figueredo. Three, I have Demetrius Johnson. Yes, over my number four, Adrian Marais, who beat him. I think Demetrius is going to get that one back if they run it back. Five, Alexander Pantoja. Six, Oscar Oskarov. Seven, Alex Perez, who fights Matt Schnell this weekend, I believe. Unless it got moved back, but that's what I have down. Eight, Kai Carfrance, going to fight Cody Garbrandt in December. Nine, uh, Rogerio Bomporin. Ten, Mathis Nicolau, who's fighting Tim Elliott October 9th. Joseph Benavidez at 11, which I think he's going to get, he's going to retire. Twelve, Brandon Royval. Thirteen, Tim Elliott. Fourteen, David Duvrak. And fifteen, Amir Albazi. Bantamweight. I have TJ Dillashaw ranked as my number one bantamweight in the world. And I know people are going to say, oh, he's not the champion. I don't care. I think he's better than Jan and Sterling. I think it's the only weight class, though, that I won't have the UFC champion or the Bellator champion ranked one. And I'll lightweight, too. Okay, so I Peter Yawn too. Yes, I have Yawn over Sterling because yes, I know he lost to Yawn, but it was disqualification. He was whooping Sterling. Yawn was whooping Sterling's ass. So they are fighting October thirtieth though. I have Sterling at three. I have Sandhagen at four. Rob Font at five. Jose Aldo at six. I do have Cody Garbrandt at seven, but uh, I don't because I don't know. Gar, I'm not. I'm waiting to take him out of the rankings to see is he going to make a real run at one twenty five or is he going to bounce back and forth. Eight, I have Sergio Pettis, the Bellator champion. Nine, Dominic Cruz. Ten, Frankie Edgar. Eleven, Pedro Munoz. Twelve, Marlon Moraes. Thirteen, Kyoji Horiguchi from one FC. Fourteen, Marab. And fifteen, John Lineker from one. Featherweight. At one, I have AJ McKee. I think he is the best. the best uh, featherweight in the world, by far. No, not by far, but it's going to be tough to beat him if he came over to the UFC, too. Two, I do have Volkanovski over Holloway. Even though I did think Holloway won the last fight, it was close. The first fight, I thought Volkanovski definitely won, too. I'm going Volkanovski over Holloway right now. Now, if they fought, I don't even know who I'd favor. I'm leaning Holloway, but I'm putting Holloway at three. I have Ortega at four. Patricio Pitbull at 5. Yair Rodriguez at 6. Him and Max Holloway will fight November 13th on a fight night headliner. Five rounds. 7. Gigi, Gigi 
or Giga Chikadze. Uh, eight, Chan Sung Jun, the Korean zombie. Nine, Calvin Cater. Ten, Dan Ige. Eleven, Edson Barboza. Twelve, Josh Emmett. Thirteen, Arnold Allen. Fourteen, Movasar Ivalov. And fifteen, uh, I believe it's Ilya Tapuria, who just beat the uh, grappling dude, uh, Ryan Hall, in his last fight. Knocked him out bad. Lightweight rankings. I know some people are going to definitely dispute this, but I don't give a rat's ass. One, Dustin Poirier. Two, Charles Oliveira. Three, they are fighting each other in December. Three, Justin Gaethje. Four, Michael Chandler. They are fighting each other in November. Five, I have Conor McGregor. You cannot tell me just because Conor has... He lost to Dustin in January, and then he, in quotation marks, lost to Dustin in the last one. Well, broken leg. I have him at five. I can't put Benil Darius and Islam over him. They haven't fought anybody good. So I got Benil at six. I don't know who he's going to fight. Because um, he didn't do the Islam fight or the Rafael Desanias fight, and the top four is booked up. Connor's injured. So I have Islam at seven. Patricio Pitbull, who is the Bellator champion. Um, right? Yeah, hold on. Okay, so you got... Okay, so uh, Patricio Pitbull is the Bellator champion of lightweight, I believe. Yes, he is. Okay. He's still the Bellator lightweight champ. So we went over featherweights. AJ McKee's my one. You got Dillashaw. Okay. So let's go back. So we're at lightweight. Uh, yeah, Patricio Pitbull at eight. Hot nine, Rafael Dos Anjos, who is fighting number seven, Islam Makachev, October 30th. Ten, Tony Ferguson. Eleven, Dan Hooker, who fights September 25th. Twelve, Gregory Gillespie. Thirteen, Diego Ferreira, who fights Grant Dawson, October 2nd. Fourteen, Brad Riddell, who just got matched up with teammate Rafael Fizev. Fifteen, Matusev Gamrot. Nineteen and one, he's a stud. Um, welterweight. God, welterweight's so stacked, huh? From top to bottom. Um, one, Kamar Usman for sure. Two, Colby Covington. They fight November 6th. Three, Leon Edwards. Four, Gilbert Burns. Five, Vicente Luque. Six, Michael Chiesa, who fights Sean Brady now, who I have ranked 13. Seven, Wonderboy Thompson. Eight, Jorge Masvidal. Nine, Yaroslav Amosov, who's 26-0 Bellator champion. Ten, Douglas Lima, who has a rematch with Michael Page, October 1st. 11, Bilal Muhammad. 12, Neil Magny. 13, Sean Brady. 14, Lee Jane Lang, who fights Hazma, October 30th. And 15, Santiago Ponzanibio. Middleweight. 1, Israel Adesanya, the UFC champion. 2, Robert Whitaker, who fights Izzy. They haven't named a date. It's probably not going to be until January or February now, I'm hearing. 3, Gegard Mousasi, who is the Bellator champion. Four, Jared Cannonier, Five, Paulo Costa. Six, Darren Till. Seven, Marvin Vittori, who takes on number five, Paulo Costa, October 23rd. And then obviously this weekend, Darren Till, number six, takes on number eight, Derek Brunson. Um, uh, this Saturday, Sean Strickland at nine. Jack Hermanson at ten. Uriah Hall, 11. 
12, Kevin Gaslam, 13, Brendan Allen, 14, Andre Munez, and 15, John Salter from Bellator. Light heavyweight, one, Jan Blachowicz, obviously 28-8 UFC champion, fights the number four, Glover Teixeira, September 25th. Two, Vadim Nemkov, the Bellator champion, he fights number eight, Rumble Johnson, October 16th. Three, Yuri Projaska. Four, like we just said, Glover fights Jan. Five, Alexander, uh, Alexander Rakic. Six, Corey Anderson. Seven, Ryan Bader. They fight October 16th in the semifinals of the Grand Prix. Eight, Rumble Johnson, who fights number two, Nemkov, in the Grand Prix as well. Nine, Dominic Reyes. Ten, Anthony Smith. Eleven, Paul Craig. Twelve, Phil Davis, uh, who is fighting Yoel Romero September 18th. Twelve, uh, Thirteen, Tiago Santos, who fights Johnny Walker October 2nd. 14-15 is Magomed Ankalaev and Volkan Ozdemir, who fight each other October 30th. Heavyweight. Um, one is Francis Ngannou, UFC champion. Obviously, he's definitely number one. Two, I have Stipe Miocic over Cyril Gan, who's at three, the uh, interim UFC champion. Four, Derek Lewis. Five, Curtis Blades, who will meet number eight, Jairzinho Rosenstreich, September 25th. Six, I have Ryan Bader. He's the Bellator champion. Seven, uh, Alexander Volkov, who takes on number nine, Marcin Tybura, October 30th. So like I said, eight is Rosenstruck, nine, Tybura. Ten, Valentin Moldovsky, the Bellator uh, interim champion. Um, Eleven, Chris Dacus, who fights uh, my 15th ranked Shamil Abdurgamal. Abdurakamov, September 25th. Twelve, Tom Aspinall, he takes on. Uh, Sergey Spivak, September 4th, tomorrow, co-main event. 13, Timothy Johnson in Bellator. 14, Czech Congo, Bellator. And then 15, Shamil. My pound-for-pound top 25. All right. So, my number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now to me is Kamaru Usman, no doubt. Um, Two is Francis Ngannou. Three is John Jones. Uh, if Jones didn't have a fight booked up by the end of November, though, or the, you know, you know he's not booked up to fight, I'm probably going to remove him from my rankings, to be honest. Uh, four, Israel Adesanya, the UFC middleweight champion. Stipe Miocic, five, UFC heavyweight. Six, Dustin Poirier, UFC lightweight. Seven, AJ McKee, the Bellator featherweight champion. Eight, Alexander Volkanovsky, the UFC featherweight champion. Nine, Jan Blahovich, the UFC light heavyweight champion. Number 10, my number one bantamweight, TJ Dillashaw. 11, my number two middleweight, Robert Whitaker. 12, Max Holloway. 13, Charles Oliveira, the UFC lightweight champion. 14, Brandon Moreno, the UFC flyweight champion. 15, number two welterweight, Colby Covington. 16, Cyril Gaon, the interim heavyweight champion of the UFC. 17, Peter Yan. 18, Aljamain Sterling, the bantamweight champion of the UFC. 19, Patricio Pitbull, the Bellator light heavyweight champion. And then number 20, Davison Figueredo, the UFC flyweight champion. 21, Vadim Nemkov, the Bellator light heavyweight champ. And number 22, Gagor Mousasi, the number the Bellator middleweight champ. 23, Leon Edwards. 24, Brian Ortega. And 25, Corey Sandhagen. Um, so, you know, that's going to do it for the rankings. Now we're going to get into the last bit. It'll be a just a quick prediction. I only, have to, I only did two fights on there. Not the greatest card in the world. That's fine. You're not going to get them. It's a great headliner, though. All about the headliner this weekend, which I like. The co-main event is a heavyweight bout. Um, Tom Aspinall, who I have ranked 
I haven't ranked 12, right? God damn it. Just went over it. I haven't ranked 12. He is taking on uh, Sergei Spivak, who I probably have right outside my top 15. If he wins this, he'll definitely enter that. He's coming. Spivak is coming in on a three-fight win streak. Uh, beat Carlos Felipe via majority decision July of 2020. Uh, beat Jared uh, Vandera via round two TKO this past February. And in his last fight in June, he beat Alexi Olenek via UD. You know, he's a good fighter. Nothing special. You know, in my opinion, a little slow. But, you know, tough fight for Tom, in my opinion. It's a definitely a tough fight. Uh, Tom is 3-0 in the UFC. Beat Jake Collier via round one KO in July of 2020. Beat Alan uh, Badat via round one TKO in October of 2020. And his last contest beat Andre Arlovsky via round two sub this past February. Um, odds. Tom Aspinall minus 240 via Bovada. Spivak plus 190 via Bovada. I have Aspinall via round one TKO. And in the main event, my number six middleweight, Darren Till, taking on my number eight middleweight, Derek Brunson, who's 22-7 and seven on a four-fight win streak. I'm sure people are a little surprised I have Brunson under Till. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, he's won, he's won four straight. I believe so. Till is 1-1 one one since moving to middleweight. He beat Kelvin Gaslam via split decision, then lost to Robert Whitaker. Both those guys, obviously Whitaker, but I think Gaslam is better than the four wins, the four guys that you know he's fought. So I think Till still faced really tough competition, the, up of the, the upper upper of the middleweight division. You know, Brunson beat Theodoro. <coughs> Hold on, let me get a drink real quick. <coughs> He beat Elias Theodoro and Ian Heinish in uh, 2019 via UD. Then he beat Edmund Shabazian via round three TKO, and his last fight beat Kevin Holm via UD. Um, the odds have it via Bovada, minus 185 Till, plus 150 Brunson. I'm going Till via round two TKO. I think Till gets it done. And uh, I think either Till... We'll have the option to wait on the Whitaker-Izzy fight, or he could fight Jerry Kennedy next, possibly, or the winner of Costa, uh, Marvin Vittori. But I got Till winning and Aspinall, two teammates. I got them winning. That's going to close the show for this uh, Ultimate uh, Combat Sports podcast. Um, next week, Tuesday or Wednesday, will be my final NFL predictions and my game of the week and spread starting that again for week one. And, you know, talk a little fantasy football probably as well. But thank you guys for listening. See, uh, talk to you next week. Peace.